Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at SKNR.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. And you can also catch us on Sci-Fi Radio, BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM, where we um, run the simulcast on our page. We've got a lot of content and uh, such there related to the world of gaming, canalcentral.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of newspapers uh, that cover our game reviews. We have our quarterly magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine. We're currently working on the new issue right now. And then, of course, uh, lots of other syndication partners. And I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael, and we are going to get right down to it. I know it's the first day of fall. And lots of stuff going on as we're recording this. Football's about to kick off beyond uh, the Thursday night game, so we have a lot of stuff to cover. And I wanted to open up with some products that I haven't been able to talk about until recently due to embargoes. But uh, Nacon has a set of uh, headphones coming out, a couple of them. First off is the Rig 600 Pro HX. It comes with an 18-hour battery. It's a dual wireless gaming headset, and it's multi-system compatible. Xbox, PC, PlayStation, and the Switch. It's got 2.4 gigahertz adapter and 5.1 Bluetooth. There's also the 900 Max HX coming out, which is also multi-system. And this one has a price point of $249.99. These are high-end precision wireless gaming headsets. We're going to be including these in the holiday gift guide. We have a lot of stuff coming up that we want to be featuring, but I just wanted to make sure that we mention them kicking off. Coming soon from Warner Brothers Home Video is the Rick and Morty Complete Season 1 through 6 Blu-ray set. This one has uncensored content because it has a sticker on it and an exclusive poster inside. So if you are looking forward to having a full Rick and Morty set on Blu-ray with the uh, special content, this will be shipping out on Tuesday, December, uh, December, September 12th, and that will be available. And of course, for those of you, and I'm getting a lot of people asking about this, Dungeons and Dragons, we have Ben deliver and below the shattered obelisks available both in a regular and a collector's edition book is coming out so folks looking to expand their adventuring and their gaming that is definitely one to check out so gentlemen uh yesterday we had an event over in um florida and for those that know us we cover the d23 disney expo on a regular basis well, um, there is an event that happens in Florida. It doesn't get the oomph that the one in California does, uh, mainly because, as it's my understanding, they Walt Disney executives come out, they talk about additions to the park, they talk about things. The big movie reveals with all the stars and such happen in California, and that's where all the news is. But uh, since that is a biannual thing, they do have something on a regular basis in Florida. Now, uh, w several things came out, including um, expansions coming to the various parks. There's a ride vehicle, uh, Avengers theme that is coming to Disney's California Adventure to the Avengers Campus. They're talking about a massive expansion to um, the park in Florida, including 
uh, new themed areas, so on and so forth. But before I get to that, gentlemen, uh, we got news this morning of one, and I'm thinking, wow, this this could potentially be something. So as we know, it's the 100th anniversary of Disney. They are announcing the Disney Legacy Animated Film Collection set. It is a box set that will feature 100 animated titles on Blu-ray, along with additional codes and original theatrical poster art. No price or release date has been set. But when I mentioned it to my wife, her first comment was, I'd be interested in it just for the posters alone. So uh, let's start off with you, Justin. What do you make of this, and how much do you think they're going to charge for this? Uh, I think it's you know I I think it's a great idea. Uh, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure what they'll charge for it. That that's probably what I'm most interested in, just because of how much is in it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's definitely an exciting uh, announcement from them, and uh, it you know I I definitely think it's going to garner a lot of interest. Uh, Michael, what do you think? Yeah, that's that's really interesting for 100 titles um, alone. I mean, if you look at individual sales of their titles, they're usually on Blu-ray for, I don't know, anywhere from around 15 to 20 bucks a piece. Now, obviously, they're not going to charge $20,000 for this, I hope, or $200,000 for this. But um, honestly, for a collection like that, I would think they'd have to go, it's, I would imagine it's not going to be 100 bucks. I would imagine it'd be closer to that, um, 1000 or so. But if you take into... Uh, account if you don't already have the movies on Blu-ray, um, just for the collectible, you know, part alone, and because we know how Disney fans can be, um, I would imagine they can they'll charge a pretty penny for it. Uh, but it is a really interesting idea. I like the um, overall idea with the presentation and getting all the movies in into one box set. I kind of wonder how big that box is going to be if they're going to have posters and stuff in it too. So, yeah, I'll be really curious to see what, what comes of this and what the release looks like. And, of course, you know it's already going to start. Oh, is Song of the South going to be included? And it's like, man, don't you know by now that is just a landmine that nobody wants to touch at all right now? And yet people still keep uh, questioning it. But, it, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at some of the stuff that they have. Like, uh, I was a big fan of Figment, the character from the World of Imagination in Epcot. Uh they removed him uh, in the, uh, at one point, and all kinds of trouble broke loose. He's back. He's getting his own meet and greet, and now we've been told that he's got his own film and development, so that's exciting. Uh, a lot of stuff happening at the parks overseas. We've talked about the um, Frozen Land coming, where we've got word that a Zootopia show is going to replace uh, It's Tough to Be a Bug in the Tree of Life and Animal Kingdom. The... Um, and there will be an Encanto and Indiana Jones area coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, that is essentially the Dinosaur Land USA is going to be repurposed. There is a world-jumping vehicle, as I mentioned, that is coming to the Avengers Campus in California. They talked about Lookout K is going to be the name of the second island. Uh, the new boat, not the treasure. They just had the reveal for that the other day, and that has been very interesting. Uh, the Disney Adventure, this is a, the boat that, I, gentlemen, you may remember this. There was a, a boat that was designed essentially to sail around Asia, and it was pretty much complete. And the um, owners went bankrupt before they could take possession of it. And everyone said, you know, due to its size and its nature, it's not going to be 
uh, viable, they're going to have to scrap this poor thing right after it was just built before it even set sail with customers. Uh, Disney uh, swooped in, purchased it. They've named it the Disney Adventure, and it's basically that's just going to sail on the Asian marketplaces. It's going to be Singapore and, you know, around that area. You know people are going to go for that. Uh, you've got the world of Frozen getting very close to opening in Hong Kong. You've, they've talked everything about, like, Test Track is going to be reimagined. There's all this stuff. The upcoming animated film, Wish, is going to get um, meet and greets. Uh, there is a new Pirates of the Caribbean-themed tavern coming to Adventureland and Magic Kingdom. Things like the, you know, bears and uh, country bear jamboree. But what I wanted to uh, really focus on is this is what really kind of floored me a bit. Um, no shocker, Ahsoka's walking around uh, Galaxy's Edge. There's more expansion coming to that. And some of the things that we've been told is that they're doing an almost World of Pandora, World of Avatar-sized expansion at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disney's um, a Disney World. One of the big expansions they're calling is Beyond Big Thunder Mountain. And it's essentially that they're going to consider ideas for it, including lands themed to Coco and Encanto, and an entire area dedicated to Disney villains. This was something that was brought out a while ago. They aren't sure if Encanto is still in play because it's uh, maybe going to be other part of the parks, but there was this talk years ago that they were looking at a land or an expansion entirely themed around the Disney villains. Um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff coming, and they, you know, just seems like for those people that want to sit there and bash Disney, it seems like there's an extremely aggressive uh, series of updates and expansions planned for the theme parks over the next several years. So, uh, Michael, we'll start with you. What do you make of all this? Well, I think, um, you know, I think expansion is always a good thing. I think it's a lot of pretty cool announcements. Um, in general, I think it's just, um, it's always it's always good to see them continuing to evolve the park, um, you know, making things more relevant, adding um, more interesting events, things to draw back people. And again, I, I, I always like the classics myself. But it's always good to see what kind of new uh, new, new um, events and things come out of that. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, Justin, your take, please. Yeah, it just goes to show, you know, they it hasn't really been the... It, just to, you know, be completely honest, it hasn't really been, uh, you know, 100% um, Disney's best year. But it does go to show that they are putting a lot of investment in to pretty much everything on all fronts um, to uh, to really kind of expand not just their streaming services or their movies, but also their parks. Um, you know, everyone has really kind of struggled the last few years uh, post-COVID, but uh, it, you know, it just shows that uh, that they're, they're really putting in a lot of resources to get everything updated. And uh, here's the big news that came down, and I think this will definitely impact you guys, and I'm I'm saying that, you know, they, they often limit press to one person per outlet, and this thing does sell out quickly. Uh, definitely want to have a look at it. So everybody, all eyes started turning to next year when the D23 Expo returns to Anaheim. 
Well, it's coming back, but it's got some big changes into it. First off, it's not going to be called the D23 Expo. They're just calling it D23, the ultimate fan event. August 9th, 10th, and 11th in Anaheim at the convention center, as expected. And as usual, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, as anyone has followed the coverage know, we went last year and it was everything from video games to The Simpsons to Family Guy to, uh, not excuse me, not Family Guy, uh, Bob's Burgers to upcoming films. They have the big event where all the stars come out and they announce their next slate of uh, films and so on and so forth. And that is where the big curveball is taking place. So um, first year we went, they literally came out as press, invited us, walked us right in. Uh, you know, we were originally told coming in, you had to be invited only. The moment we showed up, they walked us right in. We sat there. There were the Avengers and all of this stuff. Big, big really big deal. The next year we had to line up, got in the overflow room, and then the next show after that, it just became such a chaotic mess. It was impossible to get into. Well, one of the things Disney is doing, trying to stop these people from literally camping out for days to get into this and the lines and the chaos, is that they're splitting the venues. Apparently part of it will no longer just be at the convention center. They're going to take place uh, in um, Angel Stadium uh, and the Honda Center. So, for example, they said that there'll be a special uh, Mets versus Angels baseball game at, to kick it off. And then what they're going to do is they're going to be moving events to the Honda Center uh, which is where the Ducks play, various things like that. So they will have, you know, you go from, say, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand 9,000 people to be able to put in 17, 18, 19, 20, maybe 22,000 as they're covered. And this will allow them greater capacity for the panels, including the Disney, the Star Wars, things like that. So, uh, Justin, what do you make of that? Uh, you know, my, uh, before I, you answer it, one of the big questions that people have asked me is, well, how am I going to get from the uh, convention center over to the Honda Center? And my guess was, well, they'll probably have a shuttle because some years they would say to people, um, you know, like for WonderCon and various things, you can't park in the Disney parking lots. You have to park at the Honda Center and they shuttle you over. Well, of course, people didn't pay any attention to that. They just parked at the lot and said, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to downtown Disney or I'm going to the park. And it was always wink, wink after the convention. So uh, we'll start off with you, Justin. What do you make of that? No, I think that's right. I think that yeah, they'll they'll have the logistics planned out so that there'll be some kind of shuttle or shuttle service that goes from one, one to the other. But I think it's going to be a huge event. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I, they've already kind of um, announced quite a few of the things that uh, they'll be that we'll be hopefully be expecting um, you know and we're kind of in a little period where we don't know exactly what uh, is coming next for uh, well we know a few things about what's coming next for Star Wars but uh, uh, it would be nice to know you know what's coming next for Star Wars Marvel um, uh, and, and a lot of their their Pixar products too so um, so just uh, I guess stay tuned for that Michael, your take, please. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting news. I think it's it's good to kind of split that venue and um, have, again, shells or something that will show people around. But as that venue continues to grow, I think coming up with uh, a better solution to how to manage the influx of people who want to go and, and the attendance 
and just figuring out how to better um, make that a positive experience for everybody, I think is an important thing for sure. I mean, you know, that that's the only thing I would be concerned about. And of course, it's a it's one of those under nice problem to have. But there is a part of me going, man, I would hate to be, you know, um, essentially over at the Honda Center when I had to or be at the convention center finishing up an interview and then having to be at the Honda Center and then back. But I, you know, these things happen when you're in demand, when they have so many events. Um, unfortunately, that does happen sometimes that you have to be flexible and able to um, get between the various um, things that unfortunately happen. So, you know, we'll see. It, it uh, hopefully will work itself out. They've got a year to plan for it. I'm just very anxious to uh, get the process rolling and check on that. So uh, I also wanted to mention, guys, we are getting, and it, it's hard to believe, but we have been getting for several weeks questions asked about the holiday gift guides and so on and so forth. We're already starting to take various submissions. And uh, we had a couple that will be in it but are coming out. There is a My Pokemon cookbook uh, that's available as well as an official Apex Legends cookbook. The Pokemon one comes out in September. The Apex Legends one comes out in October. And so we'll be going through that and going over that pretty soon. But it's pretty crazy. And that seems to be a big thing. Do you realize there's like a Diablo, a Fallout? I, I have a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but there's like Supernatural, Final Fantasy. There's all these cookbooks inspired from these uh, various games, and it, it's just fascinating to see. There's even a Cooking with Deadpool, and uh, it's a cookbook for men. You know, that that's it's almost insulting. It's like 85 easy recipes for men. But um, before we move off too far, I wanted to talk about a topic that I know you're a huge fan of, Justin. Uh, we got the Godzilla trailer this week, uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. We had a premiere teaser with a little bit of uh, imagery about a week ago, and now we have a uh, trailer for it for the Apple TV series. So I wanted to hear if you saw it, and what did you make of the trailer? I did see it. So what I was kind of surprised by was it does seem like it has quite a bit of a budget. My, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I was in, I was very interested in the Monarch show when it was announced. Um, just cause you know, I, I have been a big, pretty big fan of the, the, the monster verse movies. Um, and going back, you know, much further than that, a huge Godzilla fan. So I was interested, uh, but I was kind of expecting, you know, and this might be just a little bit of a bias on my, my part and, you know, something that uh, I'm, I'm, at least in the in recent years been frequently proven wrong about but you know when you hear a tv show you think okay well it's probably gonna be a little bit lower budget my 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 thought in my head was okay there this is probably going to be a pretty interesting show uh following maybe monarch as they kind of investigate like you know the aftermath of of uh of you know kaiju's going in and, and destroying everything but there probably won't be a lot of like actual monsters just because of how much that costs. But uh, if the teaser's anything going to go by, uh, you know, it looks like it has basically the the effects you would expect from a Godzilla movie. So I'm actually very surprised by that. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say you know how much of the show is going to be, you know, big 
giant monster action. Um, but even if it's just a little bit, you know, it, you you wouldn't really need to have that in every episode. But if you have some good set pieces here and there throughout the series and you kind of follow these agents of Monarch as they kind of either investigate these events or they meet and try to prevent them, I think that really could make a good foundation for a show. So I'm actually really looking forward to it now. Um, and not that I wasn't before, but I, I think so even more now. I think the the teaser really did a good job um, showing, you know, what to expect. Excellent. Jess, uh, Michael, your take, please. I think the trailer looks outstanding and it, it really kind of shows what they can do now with these streaming shows. I mean, I think Mandalorian and, and some of that were kind of our first real take on the quality of, um, you know, set pieces and what they can do with the new, um, you know, video opportunities, the large um, sets that allow them to do these more um, full world experiences and just the quality and the amount of money that people are ready to throw into these things to make something that's, you know, not not what a traditional made-for-TV show used to be. I mean, the quality of a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now rivals or, or in many cases surpasses what we're seeing in the theater. Because, um, again, with these streaming services, they can tell a longer story. They can go more into the details. Instead of limiting themselves to a two- to three-hour movie, they can t- tell us over eight to ten episodes in an hour apiece and really kind of expand and, and, and draw out um, the details of things that we couldn't you know see before and just looking at the amount of money that people are you know that the studios are willing to drop into these things and the effects and the quality it really is like watching an eight or ten hour movie as opposed to what the um, miniseries in the past used to look like again they were never necessarily bad but when you looked at the difference between what a, mi- a miniseries would show, would show whatever it happened to be um, versus a, a live action movie on the big screen, there is always that discrepancy. And I think that discrepancy is not there anymore. And, and again, in some cases, I think streaming is doing it better. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things out there. Uh, Apple has never been one to shy away from uh you know, spending money when they feel like there is uh, a need for it. So hopefully um, this is going to meet expectations. I know uh, a lot of people in some of the other uh, groups are coming forward and saying, well, you know, is Godzilla, if he's in it, what are we going to get for King Kong? What is this going to happen? And my attitude has always been, let's just wait and see how it all plays out because, uh, you know, I'm sure they're not going to tip their hand and drop everything all at once. It's just a matter of you have to be patient and uh, see what's coming. So, uh, speaking of which, patient and see what's coming, that's going to be a good place for us to wrap this week. It was kind of a busy week in some areas, quieter in others. And uh, like I said, we got Halloween Horror Nights um, taken care of over at Universal Studios. It's up and running. We are have got uh, the Oogie Boogie Bashes at Disneyland going on. I understand they're all sold out, but, of course, there are things that you can go and look at during the day. And, of course, we're just a couple weeks away from Not Scary Farm and then Hallow's Scream over at SeaWorld. So, you know, it, it's a little weird to be in um, early September. At this point, we're starting to get to mid-September, and we're already definitely switching over to thinking about Halloween and related coverage where I'm already starting to see trailers for the new Exorcist film and several of the others. But 
final thing I wanted to leave us with. So, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, we had a very interesting episode four recently, and the fifth episode is coming next week. Uh, by the time most of you hear this, it will be this week and probably out. But uh, they're so confident in this upcoming episode, they're going to drop it in uh, select movie theaters. So, Michael, what do you make of this move? That's that's a pretty interesting move. Um, again, I, I like Ahsoka. I think they've done a really great job with it. Um, I have it on the streaming, so I'm not going to be one to go to the movies to see it. Um, because, again, I can watch it on, on TV. And, and, and for something like a streaming show, that's kind of where I'd rather be. I'm a big proponent of movie theaters and going to see um, you know new movies. But when it's something like a, a streaming show, probably not going to draw my attention to the theater. However... Um, again, I've been a real big fan of the show, so hey, if they think they can make some, you know, revenue and, and for people who don't have Disney Plus, getting an opportunity to experience it, even if they don't get to see the whole thing from the beginning, I think it's a wise move and, and maybe gives an opportunity to draw more people to the platform. Sounds good. Justin, your take, please. Yeah, that is an interesting choice. Uh, I, I wonder what it's really mostly targeted at, because... I, I would imagine without the context of the first five, what, four or five episodes, um, that coming in and just watching. So if you say, like, let's say you're not, you don't have Disney Plus, uh, there's probably not, not a lot of people that fit this category. Uh, but uh, let's say you don't have Disney Plus, you haven't watched the show, but you see that, you know, a new Star Wars title has dropped in the theaters. Um, you know, like, oh, you know, I like Star Wars, so you go and watch it, but. I imagine it would be a little bit difficult without the context of the earlier parts of the series. Um, so I'm, that's that's interesting. I imagine that it's actually mostly targeted at people who are watching the show and uh, and would like just the spectacle of seeing it on a big screen. It's probably my guess, but uh, it is an interesting choice. I if it seems like it to me that the the smarter play would have been. Um, even though this would probably be pretty difficult, they, they they could have, you know, maybe done an event where they screen like the first four episodes, um, you know, basically as like a movie, uh, and then you watch like the new episode in theaters. So I'm I'm not sure, really quite sure, um, but uh, but yeah, you know, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool idea, and uh, uh it must mean that it's going to be a really very big action packed episode. Yeah, I have a feeling that, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I have a feeling that there are certain characters that have been danced around this season are going to actually appear, and that there will probably be some twists and a couple of really serious FX sequences, and they just figured, okay, let's get this thing, um, let's get this thing up on the screen, let's get the fans there, and they'll hype it up, and it'll just make things so much uh, more interesting. And, uh, you know, like you said, just go from there and figure it all out. Okay, folks, that is going to do it for us tonight. Have a very safe week ahead, and until next time, take care.